I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hey everybody and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, part of the 90 Min Football Network. As ever, I'm your host Harry Simu, and on this edition we're going to be discussing Bukayo Saka's future after it has emerged that he is a target for both Manchester City and Liverpool. We'll be talking about whether or not he's willing to sign a new contract at the Arsenal right now as well. According to some reports, we're going to be discussing uh, the race for Gabriel Jesus, which seems to be hotting up. More and more clubs appear to be entering the race, which isn't good news for the Arsenal. We'll also be discussing the little breakdown show that we did yesterday on Matt Turner, uh, the incoming Arsenal goalkeeper who will be joining from New England Revolution. We'll be talking Tielemans and we'll be taking some of your questions as well. Lots and lots to get into as always. A big hello to everybody uh, in the live chat. Big hello to John. Uh, big hello to Above and Beyond who says, Salutations, Harry and everybody. Streaming in from Orlando this morning. I'm a long-time listener, but it's the first time I'm making it up early enough to catch it live. Hope everybody's having a superb day. And you, mate, and great to see you in the live chat as well. Love to everybody from across the pond and in particular uh, today in Orlando. Uh, big hello to Jay Krienke. Hope you're well, mate. Uh, what else have we got? Uh, big hello to Ollie, uh, who says, afternoon, Harry. Uh, Maxim is with us as well. Femi joins us too. Big hello to Steve. Um, like they say, lateness is greatness. It is always a few minutes late. It's just it's just the thing in it. Um, it is the thing. And above and beyond says, I wish my boss had the same sentiment. Yeah, don't we all? Don't we all? Uh, big hello to uh, Tobago Guna, who joins us from Trinidad and Tobago. He says, really appreciate you, brother. Thank you so, so much. Uh, Faris joins us from Toronto. Vokta Gaming is in Denmark. Uh, big hello to Ron Stone as well. Brilliant. So good to see so many of you in the live chat on today's edition of the show. OK, look, let's not mess around any further. Let's get straight into it, because I suspect that this is going to be quite a heavy one today because there is a lot to talk about. Um, I know that at the minute, everything is kind of hearsay, right? I know that at the minute we are trying very diff trying very hard to differentiate between credible reports nonsense reports, reports born out of convenience, um, you know, reports born out of putting two and two together and sometimes coming up with five. Like it is that time of the year. It is um, the nature of the beast. It is part of the business that, you know, media outlets look at this point in the year to try and drive as much traffic as they can, because they know that football fans, when it comes to transfer content, are bloodthirsty hounds. And so there is always going to be stuff that isn't necessarily true. There's always going to be stuff that, you know, is, as I say, born out of coincidence, born out of convenience um, when it comes to people sort of tying together stories. So you've got to be so careful and you've got to be um, sort of what you've got to do is not get too invested in particular stories because you can. And then if you do, you end up either being massively disappointed, underwhelmed, um, it's very rare that some of the sensationalist stories that we see come to fruition in the end. So I think it's really, really important that you kind of maintain that composure during the transfer window. And I've said this time and time again through transfer-related content, and I will continue to say it 
throughout the window. Everything that we're going to talk about, we're talking our opinions on stories that we know we should probably be taking with a pinch of salt. Doesn't mean they're not worth discussing, but it does mean that you've got to be mindful of getting too invested or, or falling down the rabbit hole with some of them emotionally. So let's start off uh, with the Bukayo Saka story. Now, we've heard over the last few days that Bukayo Saka is somebody that is attracting the interest of a number of other clubs. And, and that's understandable, okay? He's been a star for Arsenal. He's really come on a long way in the last couple of seasons. He's really developed. He's really progressed. And he's established himself as one of, if not our most important player. And so at this point, when you look at, you know, where Arsenal are at, and, and that's not in the Champions League next season, which is the pinnacle, it's understandable that there will be noises and there will be reports about your best players and about other clubs being interested in them. Because by most people's opinion and based on the way that most people look at the game of football, Bukayo Saka is currently playing at a level below the level which he should be playing at. OK, I'm not sure that that's necessarily the case. Like, I love Bukayo Saka. I adore him. I think he's a superb player and I think he's got the world at his feet. And I think he's got such an incredibly high ceiling that I can't wait to see where he goes with it. But is he like world elite right now as a winger? Well, not in terms of his outputs. And that is the reality of it. OK, and I, and I said this time and time again throughout the course of last season. I actually copped a lot of criticism for it. It was never that I wanted to discredit Bukayo Saka and it was never that I don't think he's a good player and it still isn't that I don't think he's a good player. But when you look at the actual numbers, the outputs of what he produces, there are still a lot of wingers in the Premier League that are more efficient. And so you have to be mindful of that. And, and what we do as fans is we overblow and we overhype certain players uh, because we we love them and we have that connection to them and that emotional connection that leads us to, to see more of the good than the bad. And again, let me be clear, because I know people are going to pick this up in the comments. I, I kind of wish I never went down this path now. But the point I'm trying to make here is that because of the way we adore Bukayo Saka and because of the positive vibes that he gives off and because of how successful, relatively speaking, his season was last time out, it's only natural that he's going to be linked with moves away. And when you're a young player like Bukayo Saka, still very much on the path towards fulfilling your potential. You want to be linked with the best clubs. You, you want to be, you want to be in that conversation. And, and I don't, before we, um, before we move uh, further into the conversation, I don't for a second believe that Bukayo Saka is going to move on from Arsenal football club in this summer window. But I think that you have to be mindful and understand that there may come a point where if he continues on this upward trajectory, he will outgrow Arsenal. And if we're not competing right at the top of the Premier League and in Europe's elite competitions, we're going to have a difficult time holding on to it. What we can do as a football club to mitigate that is we can protect ourselves better than we have in the past. I mean, how many times have we let people's contracts run down and we've ended up having to sell them in cut price deals that never really worked for us and ultimately set us back? So we've got to make sure that we um, you know, we protect ourselves against that risk. But the point I was trying to make and the point I was I was sort of alluding to when I went down that rabbit hole that I very quickly reversed back out of is that I'm not sure that Bakayo Saka is quite there yet 
where he can be talked about one of the best wingers in world football. I think he can be talked about one of the best young and up and coming wingers in world football. But those are two very, very different things. So when people link him to Manchester City and to Liverpool, that is largely, in my opinion, based on what those clubs maybe feel he can become as opposed to what he is today. Um, but as I say, I reiterate the point, I do not for a second believe that Bukayo Saka is going to leave the club this summer. So you're probably asking, why the hell am I talking about this then? Well, the reason I wanted to touch on this is because there's a story um, that has uh, gone out on 90min.com earlier today with their uh, the transfer correspondent, uh, Graham Bailey, uh, working really, really hard on this. And I've... Um, I've just recorded an edition of 90 Min's Talking Transfers podcast with Graham Bailey and the site editor Toby Cudworth, which is going to be dropping uh, very, very soon. Um, and you'll be able to to listen in because there's a lot of Arsenal content in today's episode. In fact, I'll, I'll pop the link in the uh, YouTube community page. But one of the things he said and, and one of the things that has, has since been written is that it's his understanding from talking to people sort of close to the club and, and close to the player that Bukayo Saka is in no rush to extend his Arsenal contract, despite the Gunners being keen to open talks this summer. Now, does that come as a surprise, given what I've just said, given that Bukayo Saka at some point in the probably very near future will feel that he can move on to that next level? If Arsenal are not there and ready to join him, in moving up a level, then there is a good chance that he will want to leave. And so you can understand why he may be reluctant to tie himself down to a long deal that he then can't get out of in the event that he wishes to at a slightly later date. So this is a story that you kind of never want to hear or never want to read uh, about your own players. But you know deep down, if you search your heart of hearts, that the better a player is and the more impact he has and the bigger his reputation. All in the meanwhile, Arsenal are not competing at the top table. Then these stories are, I guess, inevitable. That's that's the word you'd use to describe them. His current contract officially expires at the end of 2023, but Arsenal have the option to extend that by a further year. So as it stands, we're safe regarding Bukayo Saka at least until 2024. But... What does it do if he doesn't sign a new deal? Well, as 2024 edges closer, it significantly damages the player's value. And look, if it comes to a point where we want to move him on, or I beg your pardon, he wants to move on and we feel like that's the only solution, we want to at the very least be in a position where we can command the biggest fee possible. So put a release clause in there or... Um, you know, or something to that effect that allows Bukayo Saka to essentially, if he does, and I don't know that he does want to leave Arsenal, by the way, let's not turn this into, let's have a go at, um, you know, having a massive go at uh, Bukayo Saka because I'm not. But if he does at some point want to leave, you want to be in a position as a football club to protect yourself against that. And if you do have to let it happen, you want to let it happen on your terms and you want to make sure that you are fairly compensated for what has become a very important and key player in this squad. So I personally think that although if this is to be believed that Saka is, is in no hurry to sign a new contract extension, that doesn't mean that he's itching to get out of the club now. And so I don't think we should worry about this right now, but I do think this is kind of something that we do need to look at in the long term. And therefore you can understand why 
despite him potentially having another couple of years of contract that Arsenal, the Gunners, are um, are looking to try and, and get ahead of this potential issue before it turns into something that they lose control of. So I don't expect him to to um, to sign a new contract this summer. I don't, um, based on what I've been told and what I'm reading. If he does, happy bloody days. If he doesn't, I think that Arsenal will probably have to trigger that extension and and look at sort of potentially re-evaluating things or sitting down with him again at the end of next season. Hopefully, if we've shown further progress and then being in a position where we can convince him that this is the place and then maybe getting him uh, to commit his long-term future to the club. But either way, this is a problem for later down the line, but it is um, one that we can't just ignore. And as I say, reports, not my reports, but reports are uh, doing the rounds um, that Bukayo Saka is in, as and I quote, no hurry to sit down with Arsenal and talk about his long-term future. You know, you never want to lose your best players. And, and, and if we did start to lose and start to break up some of this young core that we've put so much faith in as a football club and as a fan base, then it would really signify, wouldn't it, steps backwards. And you don't want that. You really, really don't want that. You'd have thought that having adopted this uh, approach that we think Arsenal have adopted over the last couple of seasons, that they would then do their absolute best to make sure that they can follow it through and take this process all the way to the end of the journey. And that is only going to happen if you keep a hold of these players. We're only going to get to where we need to be if they continue to grow and continue to develop and they are the core and foundation of everything we do because we're never going to be able to go out there while KSE are in charge and compete with the very, very big boys. We're not going to be able to comp uh, compete with the Saudis financially, with Manchester United financially, with Manchester City financially. It's just not going to happen um, under this current ownership. And, and you can argue that that's a good thing, that we're a self-sustaining club for the most part. Or you can argue that it's it's awful and that's what's holding us back. Whatever way you look at it, that's the reality of the situation. And so, you know, one of the things I ask from Arsenal now is, is you know, you're not going to be able to keep hold of everyone. You're not going to be able to keep everybody happy if you're not competing right at the very top. But in the event that you do have to let these players go, in the event that you do find yourself in a situation whereby they are knocking on the manager's door and asking to be sold, asking to be given the opportunity to go and play their football elsewhere, that we have at the very least protected ourselves so that we can therefore go out and replace them and 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 do whatever needs to be done. So, yeah, this, this is my, um, you know, I've started it on a bit of a downer today, haven't I? Because this is not a story I wanted to read. But as I say, it's one that has a an air of inevitability to it, given Saka's trajectory and, um, and the fact that Arsenal will play another season uh, at minimum without Champions League football. Hopefully, we can do enough next season to, to show more progress and further progress and convince Bukayo Saka that Arsenal are, at the very least, on the cusp of achieving something, which might be enough to get him to stay. Also, remember as well that Bukayo Saka is an Arsenal boy through and through, and that plays a part as well. Um, but it is, uh, you, you know, you start to read these stories and then you start to hear that Liverpool are circling and that Manchester City are circling and that Real Madrid have expressed an interest as well. And all of a sudden you, you do start to worry uh, about it. You, you really, really do. Um, 
will he sign this summer, says Christian Hoover. I, I'm not sure. Um, if he did, that would be such a big boost to the football club. It really, really would. But if you're gonna, if you're gonna base your opinion on this latest report that is going around, then it would suggest that he's not going to sign this summer. But again, as I say, um, you know, what can we take as gospel right now in the heat of the transfer window? Not, not an awful lot to be honest. So there we are. Okay. Um, Let's take some of you guys' thoughts on this particular topic and then uh, we'll move on. Um, let's see uh, what we've got. Uh, John Daly says, I'd have a fee of £150 million on his head. That would certainly be ample protection, I think. Um, Clock End Seb says, what reassurances would he expect to sign a new contract? I don't know. Um, I, I really don't know. And I don't even know that it would be necessarily about Arsenal going and getting this player or giving him that amount of money. I think with Bukayo Saka, a lot of it will come down to the fact that, you know, a footballer's career is 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 relatively short. And although, you know, one of the things that is always sort of praised about Bukayo Saka is the, the humility with which he speaks, how humble he is as a young man. He knows how good he is. He knows that he's on the right path. He knows that he's on the way up. And there will come a point where he needs to make that decision that is the best one for his career. And um, and if Arsenal can't live up to that, if Arsenal can't grow and, and improve at the same level, then we only have ourselves to blame. And we've had this issue in the past. You know, we had it with with the likes of, of many players, Fabregas, Van Persie, um, Nasri, you know, all players that didn't feel that Arsenal's ambition matched their own and we ultimately ended up losing them. So, this is not a new problem for Arsenal. It's a problem that when you decided to adopt the the approach of youngsters and rebuild that you kind of put on the back burner for a couple of years. But as these players develop, as they move forward, as they improve, as they produce, then the more interest there is going to be in them, the more likely they are to have their heads turned. And as I say, while I do not expect Bukayo Saka, A, to leave this summer or B, um, to you know lay down any ultimatums, I do think this is a problem whether you think that this is true today, that we're going to have to face at some point or another. So we've got to be prepared for it. We've got to protect ourselves against it and do what is right for the football club. Uh, let's see what else we've got. Ollie uh, Benford says, it annoys me that players threaten to walk if they haven't got Champions League football when they're the only ones who can get us Champions League football. Yeah, and again, Ollie, look, the, the thing I don't want to do is drum up this negativity towards Bukayo Saka when he hasn't actually done anything wrong. And we're only hearing reports that he's not in a hurry to sit down and extend his contract now, which makes perfect sense when we're kind of in the middle of the rebuild, I guess, from the player's own selfish perspective. Um, Harambe says Liverpool compete with these clubs, talking about the cities, the Uniteds, etc., and not by spending huge sums. Um, what they have is a world-class coach and we do not... Uh, let's see. Um, and Sko just reiterating the point that Saka hasn't threatened to walk, which is absolutely true. Uh, it's all tabloid stuff to find something to talk about in the off season when there's no matches. As a, that, that's why I started off the show by saying you got to be careful not to get sucked in to these stories too easily and too quickly. Take them with a pinch of salt, discuss them. Um, but ultimately, you know, we don't know for certain at this moment in time, what the situation is. Uh, so Joe, go so slow. <laughs> I always love reading that username. 
Do you think the owners of the club just look at Bakaya Saka as an opportunity to reap the rewards of their youth system? Or do you think they understand the importance of the player? Well, we're going to learn a lot about that, aren't we? Um, but what I would say is sometimes, you know, it's really easy to point at the club and go, oh, well, they're just using this player as a cash cow and they're only only interested in, in the money and the financial side of it and not in the slightest bit concerned by how competitive the team are or any of that. What I would say is that sometimes when players make it damn clear that they want to go, you, you kind of find yourself in a position where you almost have to just move them on because it's the best thing for the overall picture. But I think that you make a couple of big statements by holding on to a couple of big, important players for your side moving forward. It it does you the world of good and puts you in a better position moving forward. So, you know, I hope they don't see him as an opportunity just to to reap the rewards of the youth system, as you put it. And I hope they recognise and trust in their coach, who will no doubt be saying and, and be highlighting the importance of Bakaya Saka and why it is imperative that we keep a hold of him. Uh, Christy says, guys, look, man, we can't take this shit laying down anymore. If we sell the likes of Saka, Smith Rowe, Martinelli and Gabriel, then it says to me that we aren't ever going to compete and challenge. And I completely agree. You know, we, we've heard about the whole reset at the club, the culture reset, the need uh, to focus on youth and to build and all of that. And many of us have gone, OK, you know, nothing's guaranteed, but we understand the direction now. We understand the vision. We understand where it is you're trying to get to and how exactly it is that you're trying to get there. So we're going to back off and give you time. That's certainly my sort of mindset at the moment is that I said I'd give this youth project a go. I thought there was enough progress last season to suggest that we can give it another year and get on with it um, for one more season or that it warrants being allowed another year to breathe. That's the project I'm talking about. But then if you start undoing the very principles and the very things that you sold us the project based on, then I'm going to start asking questions as well. So I completely agree with you, mate. Um, Hold on, let me take uh, some more of your comments on this because lots of you are having your say uh, on the Bakayo Saka story. Steve says, it shows maturity beyond his years. We're halfway through a rebuild and he probably wants to be a big part of it. Then he needs to be in the CL though, so we better do it next year or he could be off. Yeah, um, uh, agreed. Uh, what else have we got? Um Maximus says, I hope he leaves. Clowns, you morons never learn. It happened with Fabregas, Van Persie, Kleb. Why wouldn't he want to play for a manager like that? He's experienced and wins your clown manager. Uh, if you're an Arsenal fan, he's your manager as well, mate. Uh, End Seb says, give him an Mbappe-style contract where he has the power over the whole club. Might get the pink seats sorted then. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, Mr. says, I would sell Saka now and fill the gaps. I mean, if it was crazy, crazy money, I don't think you'd be alone in thinking that if it could add three or four top players that were going to take us up to the next level, that it, it might be something to consider. But it's it for me, it's not that. And, and I mentioned earlier on that I think in terms of his outputs, Bakayo Saka still has some way to go before we're talking about one of the world elite wingers. But it's it's the point it makes. It's the statement it makes. It's the message it sends to everybody else about what Arsenal's ambitions are as a football club that would worry me and concern me. And um, and I'm hoping that, that we don't end up in that situation again. Uh, Farah says, simple solution, show ambition in the market, be more competitive. And he signs. Yeah, 
I mean, that's ultimately um, what it's all about. Uh, what else have we got? Do, 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 do. What's this about? <laughs> what? <laughs> some uh, some strange comments coming through at the moment uh, in the live chat. Uh, Ron Stone says, I won't be surprised if Saka wants to also see what the club does in the summer transfer window to see how ambitious they're looking with the players they're bringing in. Completely agree. Uh, Sko says, if I grew up at the club, if I saw the improvement AFC have made in this last year or so, if I was in the youngest exciting team in the league and the fans sang that awesome song with my name, I'd stay. Yeah. Um, but again, it's easy to say that as fans, isn't it? Um, you know, it, it's really easy um, to to say that, I, I think. Uh, Adajuan says, in a relationship, both parties have to make each other happy and fulfilled. might tell this to my wife, let alone talk about football with it. Uh, he says, well, Saka as making us happy and fulfilled right now in two years. Will we be able to make him happy and fulfilled if we don't improve? Really good. Um, really good point. Uh, what else have we got? Uh, Aditya says, wow, after two and a half years, the vision is finally visible. Wow. Can I just, can I just hit the pause button? I kind of, I wanted to discuss this story because I think that, as I said, Although I don't think it's a, a t- t- the today problem, it's a problem that we're going to face at some point if we don't get to that level where our best players, as they continue to grow and develop, are playing, you know, in, in Europe's Premier competition and are competing right at the top of the Premier League. So it is a problem that we are almost envisaging having to deal with in the future as opposed to a massive issue today. So can we just make sure that the reaction to this story is is tempered on that basis because i think we're going to get a lot of oh the club have got no ambition nowhere does it say that the club are not trying to tie bukayo saka down in fact it says the opposite it says that arsenal are desperately trying to bring him to the negotiation table are desperate to try and get this resolved ahead of time which suggests that perhaps the club have learned their lesson but as i always say to you guys with transfers with contract negotiations It takes two to tango. Everybody needs to be involved. Everybody needs to be happy. Everybody needs to be in agreement. And with the added complication of agents, representatives, sponsors, etc., etc., these things have only become more and more complicated over the years. So let's not turn this on Bukayo Saka. Let's not have a go at Bukayo Saka. But equally, let's not have a go at the club for, as the report says, trying to, to solve this problem ahead of time because that's absolutely the right course of action that they should be taking. But it is just one of those things that comes as a stark reminder if we don't continue um, progressing as a team and in order to do that, we're going to have to keep investing, we're going to have to keep bringing in the right players, then we're going to face these problems over and over and over again. Uh, GB says, uh, Saka isn't concerned about his importance to the club. He's worried about the present process actually meaning we're regularly in the CL. Uh, Vlad says, hate thinking about it, but is there a chance that Liverpool will have him in their sights with Mane and Salah next summer needing replacing? Yeah, potentially. And a lot of the links that we're seeing with uh, with Liverpool in particular are quite clear on the point that this is not a deal that they think they're going to do this summer. This is a a deal that they're looking at for the future. He's been described as a future target. Um, so, yeah, let's... Um, Let's uh, let's see how that pans out, I guess. 
uh rael says every man has his price said jr ewing what minimum price would we sell saka for i think right now i mean as i say uh, i think right now that i would want at the very least 80 to 90 million pound for Bukayo saka not even because i think he produces at that level every week i don't I don't think that he produces 90 million pounds worth of outputs, for example. But again, just like we've had to overpay for players based on their level, um, based on their potential and based on on where they could get to and, and the level that they could get at, we've had to pay premiums. Let's let's make sure that we, we do that to other people. Let's make sure that we get um, what's fair in the market, uh, considering all of those things. So I'd be looking for 80 to 90 million at the absolute minimum before I'm even discussing uh, the idea of him moving on. Uh, what else have we got? Uh, big hello to uh, Magnus, who says, I think he stays and believes in the project. Go Arsenal. Fingers crossed, mate. Uh, big hello to Cesar, who says, glad I made it uh, to the live chat today. Daily podcast listener from Arkansas in the USA. Hope all is well, Harry. Thank you so, so much, mate. Welcome. Good to see you in the live chat. Uh, M says, this is inevitable and one of the major pitfalls of having a group of highly talented players, young players. Yeah, and I completely, um, completely agree. Look, let's um, let's wrap up on the sack a bit. So let me just reiterate exactly what the report says for clarity. So the report says that Saka is in no hurry to sit down with Arsenal over his contract, despite the Gunners wanting to sit down with him this summer and potentially tying him up to a new deal with fresh terms, as opposed to having to end up in a position where they need to extend uh, based on that extension clause that they have available to them to 2024. So Arsenal trying to get ahead of the curve, ahead of the problem, trying to deal with it up front. Bukayo Saka's representatives indicating, according to this report, that right now um, they, they don't wish to engage in this conversation. So they're going to sit back, they're going to see how things go. Um, but there is a, an urgency on Arsenal's part to at least get this resolved, which at least suggests that the club are looking to do the right thing. And let's be clear, he's not said to Arsenal that he wants to leave. He's not thrown his toys out of the pram um, and he's not uh, done anything um, untoward. So uh, let's not put any anger on the player or on the club at this point. You know, let's see how it develops. If it does develop in something, maybe we can talk about it in a little bit more detail and what maybe the opinion that we have on this particular subject will end up being stronger, um, harder. I don't know. But at this moment in time, there's nothing to get your knickers in a twist about. But I certainly thought it was worth mentioning because of the the uh, rumours doing the rounds today. Liverpool, City and Real Madrid all said to be keeping a close eye on Bukayo Saka. OK, let's move on. Let's talk a little bit about Gabriel Jesus. Now, we heard yesterday that Real Madrid, Atletico Madrid and Tottenham Hotspur have all expressed a, an interest in the player as well. But the Arsenal lead the race to sign the Brazilian because the conversation with Edu has been ongoing for a while and because um, they're further down the line with it. The problem at the moment, from what we're being told, is with Manchester City, who are desperately still, according to some, trying to keep hold of Gabriel Jesus. Um, but I think they do recognise that in the event that he decides he wants to go, that he's not happy with his role in the squad, that they could uh, command a, a very satisfactory fee for him and will probably be open to that idea of him leaving. But aside from Real Madrid, Atletico Madrid and Spurs, we're now hearing that Chelsea 
are interested in Gabriel Jesus too. So the race for the Brazilian signature really is hotting the hell up, which is not good for Arsenal. You'd hope and you'd think that because we've been in these negotiations supposedly for a while, um, that we will be at a point where, you know, we feel like this deal uh, can be done. We feel like this deal, um, you know, is is very viable, in which case, great, happy days. But at the moment, it seems so there are a number of other clubs kind of circling the Brazilian. So we've got to act. We've got to act decisively and you've got to hope that we can convince him this is the place for him. Here we go. Classic comment uh, from Aditya. Harry trying his best to PR for Kroenke and Arteta. What are you talking about? What On what level am I trying to be a PR? I'm saying to you that you shouldn't lose your mind and you shouldn't lose your shit over a tabloid story about Bukayo Saka and his contract situation. That's not PR. Um, you know, that's not PR. And as uh, as M says, if you don't enjoy the content, if you don't agree with what I'm saying, you can leave any time you want. I mean, I, I never understand why people who are constantly critical of, of, of the content I put out seem to be the ones that are here every single day on every single episode. I mean, come on. I mean, haven't you got anything better to do? Like, genuinely, haven't you got something else to do that is better than watching content that you clearly don't like? Anyway, um, let's move on. Let's talk a little bit about Yuri Tielemans as well. Um, because uh, Yuri Tielemans is a deal that Arsenal are said to be very confident of completing before the end of the month, I'm told. Um, and, and that is obviously something that's very, very encouraging. Now, uh, the way it's uh, being reported at the moment or, or from some of the rumours that we're hearing, Yuri Tielemans is valued by Leicester City, given his current contract situation, at around about £30 million. Um, but Arsenal are, are looking to pay around about £25 million. It's not a, a million miles uh, apart. I mean, the two clubs are not a million miles apart in terms of their valuation for the player. So you feel that that's a, a gap that can be bridged, surely. So uh, growing increasingly confident that Yuri Tielemans could become an Arsenal uh, player. Um, what else have we got? Matt Turner. Let's talk a little bit about Matt Turner. Because I put out a piece yesterday um, in which I sat down with uh, 90 Min's US editor, uh, Lizzie Besharano, who's fantastic. Um, she really, really does know her stuff and she's excellent at her work. She she came on very kindly, gave up some of her time uh, to sit down with me and talk a little bit about Matt Turner. And actually her assessment of Matt Turner was quite, I don't want to call it damning, but it was quite eye-opening as to why so many people have, uh, have met this transfer with surprise. You know, why did he... Um, you know, why did Arsenal go after Matt Turner? Like, what is it about Matt Turner that's a really, really attractive proposition? And um, I kind of listened to Lizzie yesterday and and it didn't really change my mind or, or where I'm at because my opinion is that I've misjudged players before they've come to Arsenal in the past. The most recent uh, example of that was Aaron Ramsdale. And I've been proven wrong. And then I've had to eat humble pie. So I want to reserve complete judgment on Matt Turner at this stage. Let's see him in an Arsenal shirt. Let's see um, how he does. Let's see whether he can step up. Let's see whether he can be an asset to the football club. But when you hear things like he's not very good with the ball at his feet, you start to wonder where he fits in. I mean, we, we made a massive point of going and getting 
Aaron Ramsdale, who's a good goalkeeper, but in terms of his shot stopping and all the other stuff, isn't a million miles better than Aaron Ram uh, than Bernd Leno. We made a point of going out and getting a goalkeeper that could play in a very specific way. And now we've gone and signed one that hasn't shown any indication of that being his style. And it, to me, it doesn't really make sense. It doesn't really marry up. And that's my worry and concern about that. The other thing for me is that if you're going to, you know, and I know we need experience, but if you're going to sign a project goalkeeper, which essentially is what Matt Turner is, then why don't you go and get someone a bit younger? Why don't you go and get somebody with a higher ceiling? Because this is a 27-year-old goalkeeper who, granted, you know, goalkeepers tend to peak at a slightly later age. But this, to me, it, it's not a signing that makes an awful lot of sense other than the commercial value it brings. Bringing a USA international to Arsenal Football Club is obviously a great PR move. And I think Lizzie, um, you know, uh, sort of touched on that as well. She said that she don't think he's going to play, that he's not at Ramsdale's level, he's not at Leno's level. So she couldn't really understand uh, why that deal was done or why Arsenal were so keen to bring him in. My, as I say, my stance on this is let him come. We've signed him. Let's see how it goes. We'll make our judgments when we see him in an Arsenal shirt. But it's a signing that I just can't get excited about. Um, You know, I, I can't get excited about it because I don't, from what I know of the player, and granted it's not an awful lot, and I've I've had to rely on other people's opinions, and I tend to try really hard to take people's opinions on board, but always forge my own. I can't really do that with Matt Turner because I don't know enough to, to have that opinion, to have that educated opinion that I feel like I need when I'm talking about uh, potential signings. I just think here that it's one that's impossible to get excited about. Having said that, when he comes, when he puts the shirt on, I'll be supporting him. I'll be backing him just like I was Aaron Ramsdale. And I hope he proves me wrong. But my opinion on the Matt Turner signing was was a little bit iffy prior to speaking to Lizzie and having spoken to Lizzie. And if you haven't seen that show or listened to it, by the way, you can check it out. It's the last one on the feed, both on audio and uh, and on YouTube. Check it out. Have a listen and see uh, see what you think. But yeah, not totally convinced about Matt Turner. Hopefully he proves me wrong. Uh, Tom says, uh, come on, man. Harry has said nothing that come close to PR for KSE nor Arteta. He's just trying to keep some mugs from attacking anyone from what is almost a non-story with Saka. Um, and Turner is a huge question mark. Exactly that, mate. That's exactly what I was trying to do. I was trying to urge people not to get. And, and that's why I started the show by talking about, um, you know, I, I started the show by talking about the need during transfer season to not get sucked in and not get too emotional and not get too um, too drawn in on stuff that that could just be hearsay. Um, and, and that's exactly the point I was making, as you say, Tom. Thank you so much for the kind Super Chat uh, donation, by the way. Really, really appreciate it. Uh, uh, Lynn says that Sophie at the Highbury squad has a very different stance on Matt Turner. She does. Uh, Jean-René says Sophie from Highbury squad rates Matt Turner. Not worried about this one. He's a good shot stopper, and that's most important quality, especially for a second choice goalkeeper. Yeah, I, I know that Sophie's quite big on it, and and Sophie probably speaks from a much more educated position than me when it comes to MLS based players. But I just I, I can't pretend I'm excited about a signing that I'm not excited about. You know, if it if it turns out to be a good one, then I will turn around and I will pay my dues uh, to Arteta and Edu for once again, and and the goalkeeping coach who said to. 
have played a leading role in the identification of Matt Turner, I will turn around and I will take my hat off to them and I will, um, you know, give them credit where it is due. But I just, you know, there are signings that you see come in as a football fan and you go, yes, I'm delighted about this. Can't wait. And there are signings that, that just don't enthuse you. And this is, this is one of those for me. Hopefully I'm wrong, but it's the way I'm feeling about it right now. I've got to be honest. Um, you know, it, for me right now, Bern Leno is ahead of him. And by quite some distance, is Bern Leno leaving? If he is, then we've got to hope that Matt Turner can can get up to something like Bern Leno's level. And although Bern Leno is a very, very good goalkeeper in his own right, though, I do think that when we've seen him come in for Aaron Ramsdale, it's impacted on the way we play out from the back, which is a big feature of the way that we want to play. So this is, again, it's not that I don't like Matt Turner. It's not that I want him to fail. It, it, it's, it's none of that. It's purely that when I look at what I believe Mikel Arteta wants in a goalkeeper, when I think about that, and, and when I think about what it is that Aaron Ramsdale has that puts him ahead of Bern Leno in the boss's eyes, I can't then make logical sense of why we went for Matt Turner, who not just from Lizzie, but I've heard from numerous people, tells me that that's not a strong suit in his game. That baffles me. And um, and that's all I'm saying. OK, look, let's uh, let's take a few of your questions for the remainder uh, of the show. Um, love to hear from you guys. Love to get some of your thoughts and love to um, love to hear some of your uh, questions for the last sort of 10 minutes or so. So please do fill up the chat box with them now. And just a quick reminder, uh, while I'm waiting for you guys to do that, if you haven't hit the like button, please do. Let's try and get over uh, 100 likes ASAP. Uh, we're not a million miles off, but there's nearly 300 of you watching, which means that we should be actually on at least 150. Come on. Doesn't cost a thing. Hit the like button. Subscribe to the channel too if you are new uh m says harry have you considered assigning moderators for the live chat you know what i'm going to um i'm going to uh, put a post in the youtube community tab uh asking who wants to be a moderator and if you want to be a moderator if you're a regular um then i will uh, i will put a few of you on there because we do need to deal with some of the crap that you get in the chat box um, there's loads of brilliant conversation, loads of brilliant comments, loads of brilliant questions, but we want to make sure that we keep the spam out and the abuse out and the nonsense out. And obviously, naturally, as the channel grows, that's become more and more of a problem. So, yeah, uh, definitely would love to put some mods on there. I think we've got a couple already, but obviously, I know that you guys have got things to do and you're not going to be on every single stream every single time. So if I put a few of you, then the chances are hopefully that one of you will be around to help me uh, deal with that. It's really hard when you're doing a solo podcast to 100% keep an eye on it. I mean, there's been shows I've come off and people have gone, oh my God, did you see that comment? And no, it's completely gone over my head because I can't do everything at once. So yeah, definitely looking to do that. Uh, uh, let's take this question from John. What first three games of the season would you like? I'd really like Arsenal to get off to a really good start. Like, so you you obviously want a couple of home fixtures um, in the first three. Um, you know, players that, uh, sorry, teams, opponents that you're fancied to beat. It would be nice, wouldn't it? Uh, just to get us off to a good start, because at the start of last season there was so much negativity because of the results, and and obviously. We were away to Brentford on a Friday night, which was a difficult game in itself. They'd newly been promoted. They were buzzing, and then we had 
Chelsea at home and then City away. And we lost both of those games and we lost to Brentford. So it culminated into a disaster start and then all the negative chat started. And it took so long for the pendulum to swing back the other way. Arsenal needed to pull off so many results to kind of get people back on side. And that negatively impacted us at the start of the season. So I don't want that. Um, I really don't want to see that happen. So hopefully uh, we can get some favourable fixtures and um, and get off to a, a flying start, which will really boost the mood around the place. Um Wada says, why do Arsenal always lose their key players? Well, we haven't lost anyone yet. And that's the point I was trying to make earlier when I was accused of being uh, Kroenke's PR merchant. We we do need to be mindful of the fact that if we don't improve enough, uh, that we're going to face this situation whereby key players want to leave. But at this moment in time, um, you know, nobody's going anywhere. So there's no, no point getting your knickers in a twist about it. Uh... Ty Gunasaurus says, how far will we get in the cup competitions, do you think? Well, I think we could do pretty well in the cup competitions. You know, if we can keep people fit, if, you know, the Europa League is the one that I've got, um, I've got my eye on. That's the the one for me. If we could win that. I mean, I don't remember the last time Arsenal won a European trophy. I was just slightly too young. I kind of remember snippets of it, but not the full experience. So I'd love for us to to win that. And obviously that brings you Champions League football as well at the end of the day, which will also be, um, our league objective too. So you could potentially kill two birds with one stone there. Uh, Clock and Seb says, do you genuinely think Nicola Pepe has done anything with Arsenal to put himself in the shop window for any potential suitors? Of course, the Ivorian is being linked with a move away this summer. But he's not been great, let's be honest. Um, but I, I do think there's been glimpses throughout his Arsenal career of, of what Nicolas Pepe can offer. And you can understand why Arsenal... Uh, moved for him. I don't think you can understand why they felt that he was worth £72 million, but we've been through that over and over again. I don't wish to get sucked into that conversation. Uh, That's one for another day and when there's a little bit more time. But, um, you know, he he can score goals when he plays regularly and his confidence is flowing. He's a really good attacking player. Just doesn't fit. Um, at Arsenal and I think he got off to a difficult start and he's never been able to recover from that and he's weighed down by the burden of that as I mentioned 72 million pound price tag it it just it's just one that I've kind of come to accept isn't going to work and and we probably need to um to move him on uh, at some point um what else have we got M says, Harry, given the new recruitment team, are you confident Arsenal will be ready for the new season starting match day one? I think providing, um, you know, people are fit enough, we'll we'll be as close to full strength uh, as possible uh, in terms of what we expect to do by the kickoff. But, you know, to say that we're going to have concluded all our business by then, I don't think you can say that. I think that often we see a lot of movement at the back end of windows for a reason. It's, it's a common thing in the football market. Um, people want to hold out. People want to get the best price possible. Sellers want to make sure they get the most money. Um, you know, the negotiations will go on and right up until the last minute in order for both sides to secure the best deal that they possibly can. So while in an ideal world, people always say, oh, you know, we should have all of our signings done by the start of the season. That's never the reality. It's not the reality in the summer. It's never the reality in January. And it is what it is. And we've just kind of got to accept that. You'd like to do the majority of your business and the key business. Yeah. But to, I couldn't sit here now at the start of June and tell you that all of Arsenal's business will be done before the Premier League season starts because that would be a lie. I, I can't possibly know that. 
Uh, I'm going to take one more because um, just running out of time, but I'm going to take this one from Steve who says, with regards to Saka's contract negotiations, when would you expect Arsenal to have tied it up? I was thinking January at the latest. See, kind of reading what I'm reading today and, and having some of the conversations I've had today, I'm starting to think that Saka will will want to hold out until the end of next season. And that's not the end of the world for Arsenal because then he'd still have a year on his contract, but Arsenal would still have that uh, option to extend it by a further year. So essentially, he'd have two years left on his contract at that point, which is why this isn't a massive, massive panic. But yeah, you'd like to get that done sooner rather than later, wouldn't you? You'd like to um, get that deal wrapped up and make sure that he's on board with the project and that Arsenal are moving in the right direction and that, you know, he he is being, he is extending because he thinks that's the right thing to do and he's going to put his heart and soul into it as opposed to Arsenal taking up an extension option just to protect themselves from losing a potentially very valuable asset on the cheap. So you'd rather it be done on those terms, wouldn't you, than the others? But let's see. OK, um, look, I think I'm going to leave it there uh, because, as I say, running out of time, lots and lots of discussion, lots and lots to debate and discuss. Um, we will uh, drop another video later today if anything breaks. Um, other than that, we'll be back tomorrow with the press review show um, as always, might be a pre-record tomorrow as I'm going to be on the move, going to be down uh, at the 90 Min Towers, at the TalkSport Towers as well. But I promise we'll get a piece of content out to you um, uh, looking at the day's uh, transfer stories. Uh, going to share you the link to Talking Transfers as well, the 90 Min Transfer Podcast. And uh, going forward, I'm going to be writing up uh, the day's transfer uh, rumours related to Arsenal for 90 Min in a specific Arsenal-based piece. So when you wake up, uh, you want to check it out. Instead of um, going through 10 different websites, you'll be able to find all the Arsenal-related stories in one, and we'll be bringing those together for you. So lots and lots of content to come throughout the summer. Don't forget to hit the like button. If you haven't done so already, uh, please subscribe to the channel if you're new. If you're listening via audio, leave me a review, and I'll catch you very, very soon with more. Until next time, goodbye. I'm Martin Tyler. And you're listening to Harry Simeon.